Are you looking for a practice coach? If you are, go to ptpracticesuccess.com. At the very top of the page, there's a button. Just click on that to find out more. Welcome to the PT Practice Success Podcast. My name is Sean Kirk, CEO of PT Practice Success. In this podcast, we're going to be going over a variety of different things that can help you with your practice. I hope you enjoy what's coming. I want to cover the subject of schedule book control. Now, when I look at schedule book control, I, I kind of get excited about it. I think it's a very basic component, but in a lot of practices, this area is somewhat weak. And what I find is when we have weakness at the front desk and we have weakness in our schedule book control, that is just an indicator of a tremendous amount of lost income for a practice. So I'm always about like dialing that in very tight. The front desk, I always kind of look at the reception area as almost being like the kitchen at a party. Everybody wants to hang out there. They want to walk into the area, interrupt those people while they're trying to handle things. But to me, I think the receptionist position is one of the most challenging positions in any healthcare practice. You're dealing with phones. You're dealing with you know faxed in referrals. You're dealing with patients. You're dealing with co-pays and deductibles. And you're doing it all so to speak, calmly. And yet, if you don't actually control the percentage of patients who keep their appointment, you could look busy, but you may not be proving yourself to be valuable. So when we look at bringing new people into this position of being a receptionist in your practice, it's important that they don't get wrapped up in the process so much as They understand what they're supposed to produce on the job of which the company writes them a paycheck. So in this situation, what I'd look at, if I had a receptionist working for me, and I've had receptionists working for me, I would clear up with them what is the thing that they produce on the job that makes them valuable. In many seminars, I will ask practice owners, um, what do you think the receptionist does that makes her valuable? And I'll hear all kinds of things, such as, um, well, um, being enthusiastic, answering the phone with a smile, um, taking phone calls, um, collecting copay. No, that's important. Um, they'll say, you know, scheduling patients. And I say, well, wait a minute. Let's say I schedule all day long and no one shows up. They go, well, yeah, well, I guess getting people to keep their appointment. Right. So why the hesitation, Mr. Business Owner? We should know that. That should be screwed, glued, and tattooed right onto your forehead when you start thinking of what the receptionist does on the job of which you're stroking a check for. It's getting people to keep an appointment. A receptionist, uh, if you look at the word reception, it's to receive. They take in two things. They take in money and they take in patients. They get people who say, I want to be there to be there. And they will do whatever they need to do to get the clinical team to get on board with that program. So what I want to get into are some things that we can do to better this area in your practice. So one is when the patient is coming in in their initial evaluation, certainly there's a tremendous amount of things that, you know, they got to fill out this form and that form and got your fishing license and your credit card numbers and your, you know, all the, your library card and all the stuff you've got to give up 
in terms of uh, um, data in order to get registered and get start started in therapy. And maybe some of that for you is done online before they show up. But most of the time they don't. They just come on in and you got to like deal with it, right? So receptionists sometimes on new patients can be a little bit under the gun. But above it all, they have to be very cordial, outgoing, interested. Most of the time we have that. I see that most of the time. Now, where the power comes for the receptionist, the power of the receptionist comes from your clinical team. If you've got poor uh, selling of the plan of care from your clinical staff, you're going to have a tough time having a receptionist with good statistics. If the therapist says, yeah, I want to see you a couple times a week uh, this week and a couple times next week or three times this week and two times next week. So just go out and see Sally and she'll schedule that up for you. That's weak. That's lame. Um, that's not professional if you're the clinician that does that. But when that person walks out with this kind of not sold plan of care and walks out to the receptionist to schedule, this receptionist is going to do her best to schedule out what was recommended in that plan of care. Now, in terms of getting the the patient to have a high percentage of arrivals, it would be important for the receptionist to be able to have the muscle being the clinical team to push behind it. So when you're looking at soft cancellation management, it's going to slow our practice growth. It's going to impact our reputation and ultimately our outcomes. So in order to have good schedule control, you have to have power behind it. The power behind good schedule book control comes from the clinician. When I see practices that consistently have a low arrival rate, the problem is never the front desk. If I go into a practice that has five clinicians and the arrival rate is particularly low with one or two clinicians, but the rest of them are solid, I will know that the problem is at the front desk. It's simple. But for many, we're not tracking this metric and dialing into it week after week so that we can make corrections and or enhancements um, or emulation of people who are doing the job particularly well. So it starts, again, with the muscle, the muscle being the clinician. The initial evaluation, the patient puts out his needs and wants, you know, which is basically pain relief. And for you as a clinician, you're selling the importance of a plan of care. And we'll get into some various phases that we can talk about when we get into the subject of of patient compliance, case acceptance, those types of things. But right now we're looking at schedule book control. So if I'm going to control the schedule, it's got to come from the muscle of the clinician saying, Joe, here's why I need to see you on this frequency. Here's what I expect from you. This is what we will be doing while you're here. And every time you come here, you should know why you're here. You should know what you're doing and where you're heading. And you should know why you're coming back at your next visit. Okay. So we're going to do all that. And we're going to, I'm going to recommend that we see you this frequency. I'm going to bring you out to the front desk. You pass that patient over to the front desk. You, you validate the front desk. You make the front desk seem extremely important. So for me, when I was practicing, I would bring my new patient to the front desk 
And I'd say, did you meet Patricia when you came in? And the patient, of course, would say yes. Patricia is the best receptionist that we've ever had, but I'm telling you, she will rip your face off if you start missing appointments. And Patricia, with this very sweet smile, would just nod her head yes, you know. And because if you don't keep your appointments, you don't get well. And that's what we want. We want you to get well. So what I'm recommending here, Bob, is three times a week for three weeks. Is that correct? And I say that in front of the receptionist and and Bob nods his head. And then I look at the receptionist and I say, okay, Patricia, make sure you schedule Bob three times a week for the next three weeks. Right, Bob? And I, I get a kind of a nod your head, a verbal yes, almost like sitting in the emergency row on an airplane, right? I make sure that that therapist and that patient relationship is solid and in agreement with what the receptionist is seeing. Now, the next thing I look at is I never want the receptionist to be the clinician, just like you don't want to be the receptionist. So the receptionist holds that plan of care solid. I come in on my second visit and say, hey, you know, Patricia, look, I can only come in once next week. I'm really sorry. I've uh, just got a lot of big project going on at work. Patricia's not allowed to adjust that schedule. So Patricia has to go, well, um, you'll have to discuss that with Sean when you come in. So when he gets with you, you can discuss that and see what he wants to do because I'm not allowed to manipulate the schedule. Boom. So all of a sudden, the, the, the muscle, remember, the muscle has to come from the clinician. So now the patient comes to me as the clinician and says, hey, Sean, I'm only going to make it one day next week because I've got you know, some work emergency stuff going on. Now, I, the therapist, needs to sell the patient on the plan of care again. I might have to like impinge on him, draw his attention into the fact that we could be wasting a week if we're not staying steady. Um, whatever seems appropriate based on the situation. It could be you you really do have to go to one time a week. But um, there's just another level there. If they could just call in any time and say, hey, I just can't make it, and the receptionist rolls over, then you don't have a muscle. And the muscle is the clinician. That's very, very important. And what I'm talking about right there is setting the stage. The therapist goes over the plan of care, back in the exam room or exam area, gets agreement on that plan of care before they physically walk the patient to the front desk where they reiterate the frequency and duration and get a nod your head or a verbal yes from the patient in front of the receptionist. And then that handoff takes place and the therapist goes back to the next patient. You might think that that little step you don't have time for but if I'm talking to practice owners here, you're talking money, right? So you're, you're really losing some control when you make the muscle your front desk. If you think about how do we do this with patients, sometimes we could say to a patient, well, Joe, I don't want to tell you, but if you're not going to come in very regularly, I'm going to have to contact the doctor. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, don't tell daddy, you know, and they start showing up, right? So um, the same thing works here. So the receptionist would say, um, you know, Joe, if you're going to be making changes, uh, I can't do that. So I'm going to have to get uh, Sean here. Hang on a second. Okay. And then, and then she's going to do whatever she's going to do, right? Maybe I can't get to the phone. Maybe it's not really real to me at the moment. Um, but there's a level there. And again, the muscle comes from the clinician, right? Set the stage. Very, very important. Okay. So now 
when we have a patient who's actually coming in on their first day and, and they're being handed over all their paperwork and they're kind of getting themselves started, what is to me an interesting thing is you want to make sure that the patient sees the value of a kept appointment and sees the pain of a missed appointment. And the biggest pain is the threat of being charged a cancel no-show fee. Now, I'm not a fan of charging a cancellation no-show fee. Not at all. I don't like it at all. It's almost like when you start doing that, it's like gives the, uh, the patient a justification to just quit coming and just dump you like a brick. You don't want that. So what you do instead is you draw their attention to it. So here's how you do it. So when a patient comes in and you know, got a clipboard with all the forms for them to fill out, you have a cancellation and no-show policy, possibly right on the top. We're a couple pages back. Just flip to that section of your financial policy. It may say, and I hope it does, says something like, we reserve the right to charge $25 or maybe more for a missed appointment without a 24-hour notice. And then a little section right after that for initials. And then you look up at the patient, if you're the receptionist, you look up at the patient with a little smile, and you take your yellow highlighter and across those lines. And then you hand it to the patient. So Bob, here you go. I need you to fill out these forms. I want you to pay careful attention to the highlighted area and please make sure you initial that for me. So what have you done? You've taken all those documents. The one he needs to pay attention to is the one that says you better show up. Okay. So that particular document, he might stop and pause on that. And he go, whoa, Patricia, are you telling me if I, if I miss an appointment, if I can't make it, you're going to charge me? Now, sometimes patients will say that. Now, what the receptionist does at that point is very, very important. What you want to do in this situation when they ask that question is you want to make them seem like you know they would never do that. So you don't say, you wouldn't say, it's okay. It's like we usually don't charge anyone. Well, there's your muscle. It's gone, right? But what you say instead is you say, Bob, I'm sure you're not like some people. I mean, some people will make an appointment and just absolutely not show up. And then, or they'll make an appointment and like five minutes before they call and say, hey, I can't make it. And it doesn't get us a chance to put somebody else in on the schedule. So I'm sure you wouldn't do that, right? Now he's kind of stuck in a position having to go, uh, I would totally do that, right? He'd have to say, uh, no, exactly. I'm sure you wouldn't do that. So that's why we reserve the right to be able to charge a $25 fee for a missed appointment without a 24-hour notice. So you wouldn't do that. So I don't know we have much to worry about, but that's why it's there. Go ahead and initial that. Done, right? So then here's what happens. Patient does miss an appointment. What do you do? Okay, so the patient misses an appointment. What you should have at your front desk, and I rarely see this, but when I do see it and it's prominently placed, not like off to the side, but a little sign that says, we reserve the right to charge $25 for a missed appointment without a 24-hour notice. Very close to the front desk. Close enough that the receptionist could hit it with her pen. Okay? So if you have that set up, the patient comes in and they, first of all, they have a patient, if you have a patient has a Monday appointment and doesn't keep it. Um, you try to call 15 minutes after their due time, and they don't take the call. So you call back again, you know, like, you know, try to get them in the next day. Make up the appointment. That's the right thing to do if you're not doing that. Please do that. So you're trying to make up the appointment, and you can't get them to 
get on the phone. So they come in on Wednesday. And just like a child who does something bad, you can't look mom and dad in the eye. So the patient tips their heads down. They sign in without looking up. And then they sit down in the waiting room and they grab a magazine and they they know that they're supposed to get charged. The, The worst thing is to say nothing. If the receptionist says nothing about having the appointment blown off for Monday, then all the muscle of that policy is gone. It's just gone. Wasted ink. So what do you do instead? You don't say, give me $25. You don't say that. What you do instead? Patient goes to sign in. Their head drops down. They're signing in. Receptionist just reaches up and goes ding, ding, ding on the sign. The patient will say, they reach to their purse or wallet, but the patient will say, are you kidding me? You're going to charge me for this appointment? And then the receptionist should say, well, Bob, what are we all about? If you've done your job right in your clinic, you should always say helping people, right? You should, well, we're all about helping people. And the patient goes, oh, I'm doing so much better. Well, we're all about helping people. I'm glad you're so much better. So, but you say, what are we all about? And if there's a little hesitation, she says, Bob, we're about helping people. And when you don't keep your appointment, we can't help you. And when you don't give us the courtesy of giving us enough time to get somebody else on the schedule, we can't help anyone else. So it's important that you work with me. So I can make this go right now. But, you know, if it happens again, you know, I might have to push it back to billing. And, well, they're not as kind as me. So have a seat. So now, you know, you're, you're, you're driving this thing in, but you're doing it in a very kind way of like, look, I'm on your side here, dude, but you got to work with me. So that helps strengthen that ability, the willingness of the patient to keep an appointment. Very, very important. Okay. So we're going to end with that for now. I want to get back to some other things. I've got some stuff I want to go over on how to handle late appointments, what kind of metrics we should keep at the front desk the actions you should take when you have openings in your schedule, how to cure forgetfulness in patients, you know, and a variety of other things in this area of schedule book control. But for here, for now, for nearly 20 minutes, you got to hear this. I hope this helps. Thanks. Thanks so much for hanging in there and catching this particular podcast. I hope you got some things out of this that you can apply to your practice. Here's what I'd like you to do next. I'd like you to go to ptpracticesuccess.com. If what I've been saying to you in these podcasts have been resonating with you and you would like to know me better, if you would like to just have my ear, throw out some things that are concerning you and perhaps get some advice that could help you make an appointment. I will tell you it's the number one way in which I do get new clients, but I won't waste your time. I will help you regardless of whether we ever work together or not. So go to ptpracticesuccess.com and let's set up a time to chat. If you like what you heard today, consider our coaching program. Go to ptpracticesuccess.com and click on the link at the top of the page.